This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Great to have you. It is Thursday, October 8th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is currently taking dance lessons from Billy Nixon. So I'm teamed up with a guy who booked the most buzzworthy interview out there, Jason Shepard. Yeah, look, I don't know even still how this happened. This I is, don't either. This is a guest that we have been wanting on this show for a very long time, and I finally got it to happen. I, I don't know how this happened. In fact, I'm let's, very excited. let's go right now to the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Joining us now... On BYU Sports Nation, the fly from last night's vice presidential debate in Salt Lake City. Fly, thank you so much for joining us. I guess my first question to you is, uh, what were your impressions of of Salt Lake City last night? (laughs) I I agree. I agree. Very true. It it does smell up there. Very true. Um, what, What do you think of the buzz surrounding BYU football currently? Indeed, they are. They are swatting all passes. That's fantastic. Flying around. Look, I, I, the puns. Look, obviously, somebody that's having a fantastic year so far is BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. What, what do you think of Zach's performance so far this season? <laughs> he is pretty fly. Indeed. Great stuff. We appreciate Thank the fly, you, fly taking a moment. Uh, we'll, we'll reach out to the fly later in the uh, football season, I think. That was the fly from the vice presidential debate on Mike Pence's head. Last night on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. That is a first. We have not had a, um, an insect on the program up to this point. So seven-ish years doing this, that's a first. So big big get. I don't, normally Ben books the guests, Yeah, and you did. Look, I, look, sometimes you just have ins. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into it. You worked in Salt Lake. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I was able to. You a station that covers I, the Utes. Uh, I, I, was, uh, I was able to pull some strings, yeah. uh, make a few you know, phone calls, yep. and Excellent. there we go. There Excellent. we go. It's going to be hard to beat that segment, but we're going to try. <laughs> uh, first round buzz for Zach Wilson? Who's saying that? Plus, receivers coach Festus Sataki on the strong start for the receivers, uh, including Gunnar Romney, who is with Baylor Romney, featured today in the latest Deep Blue as the boys from the Mormon colonies make plays for Brigham now. Plus, a UTSA version of Know the Foe. But let's get to today's headlines. BYU football continues game preparations for Saturday's homecoming matchup with UTSA. It is homecoming. It is homecoming. It feel like I know. In a pandemic. I know. It's that. there's a lot of things the that don't feel it like. Up. It's awesome. Yes, uh, Cougars currently a 35 point favorite against the three and one Roadrunners. Offensive coordinator for BYU Jeff Grimes says that this UTSA team they won't back down on Saturday. They play with a very aggressive style, particularly in their defensive line. Their defensive line, I think, is the strength of their team. Those guys are well coached. They do a great job of playing with leverage, using their hands, and and they play hard and physical. They hit you. When the ball is snapped, they come off and they try to hit you right in the teeth. And, and I respect how they play. Kickoff set for 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. You can tune into BYU TV, 2.30 Eastern for Countdown to Kickoff. Radio pregame coverage with myself and uh, Riley Nelson. Greg Rubel begins at 1.30 Eastern time. Maybe he'll mention LeBradford Smith again. That was great. (laughs) CBS Sports' Chris Trapasso has Zach Wilson in his latest mock draft going 27th overall. 
first rounder to the New Orleans Saints. What? What? He taps Wilson as Breeze replacement, which would be a fun but awkward situation with Taysom Hill. Chapasso has Wilson as the 60th best prospect and 8th best quarterback. Also, moments ago, defensive coordinator Tyrone Nix mentioned as much. BYU Zach Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. If he comes out early, he may be selected in the first round. I can't see many more guys that have the skill set he has. So a lot of buzz, again, I guess. So uh, to speak. Five puns. Yes. Uh, around Zach Wilson. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Zach coming up in just a second. Uh, CBS Sports' John Rothstein added BYU basketball to his mid-majors to watch list. Now, Rothstein says he sees BYU as Gonzaga's top challenger for the WCC championship. Now, despite the players who are no longer here, Rothstein likes the talent that does come back, as well as the transfer additions of Harms and Averett. And Cougars in the PGA, Patrick Fishburn, a few moments ago, through six holes. Uh, Blair even through three. We'll continue to uh, give you the update as we have it. Coming up, uh, so Fishburn and Blair on the Corn Ferry Tour. Very nice. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Brigham Young Football, 3-0, ranked 15th. Life's good, right? Take it in. Fill up that tall glass of hype, early accomplishment, and praise. Enjoy it. But it's just the beginning. So, Jason, do you believe BYU will go undefeated this season? Jerem, my friend, yes, I do. I do think they are going undefeated. Look, here's the thing. The only game that gives me pause is the Boise State game. Mm. And it's not because I don't think BYU can beat them. I absolutely think BYU can beat them. It's because it's on the road. And we, as we know, this is a very heavy home schedule for, for BYU. The updated 2020 schedule wasn't supposed to be that way. But BYU has far more home games than road games. So it is one of the road games. And it's a place that BYU has never won. And I understand for a lot of people on the team that doesn't, that doesn't uh, mean anything because they weren't part of all the other games. It does. To the, there there are some. Ago. There are some. But what I'm saying is it's a road game. BYU's never won up there. And quite honestly, it could very well be the very first game where BYU actually has an opponent that can deliver a punch back. Mm. I know some may look at the Houston game and say, right now, I don't think Houston will be a cakewalk, but I am not as concerned about the Red Cougars as maybe some others are. I'm not buying into them taking the leap that a lot of other people thought they would take from last year's season to this. And especially when you throw in the fact that their first game's going to be tonight. First game of the year is tonight. So they'll have it's one game before BYU. I expect BYU to be undefeated going into that Boise game on November 7th. Well, if they leave Boise with a win, which I think they will, they will go undefeated this year. Yeah, that, at least in the regular season, right? We'll, we'll see what happens in, uh, in a bowl game at that point. I hope so. The way BYU's playing leads one to believe that it's legitimately awesome for BYU right now. Obviously, the schedule is a little lesser. Some of these teams have been good. La Tech won 10 games last year. Troy uh, struggled last year 5-7, and seven, but had won 10-plus in the previous three uh, seasons. And, of course, Navy finished ranked. So these teams probably aren't as good as they were last year. But ESPN's Football Power Index went out percentage validates the idea that BYU can do this. Second best uh, went out percentage uh, next to Ohio State, 33%. There are two reasons for this idea. One is the schedule. No power fives on it. Three teams that can really challenge BYU, as you mentioned. Houston, potentially. San Diego State. Uh, Boise State before that. And, of course, the way BYU's played. 148 to 24 in the margin. Top offense and defense by yards. Top five in points. Points allowed and efficiency on both sides of the ball. This is about as good as it gets. The way BYU's playing. 
the notoriety BYU is getting, I don't know that there's much more mountain to climb for BYU in terms of attention. Obviously, getting to a New Year's Six and winning a New Year's Six game would be the most attention BYU could get. Uh, but again, BYU will have resistance. Where is it going to come? We discussed this yesterday. You mentioned Boise State. I agree with you. I, I, don't, I think BYU is going to beat Houston, and we're going to go, oh, that was easier than we thought originally. Um, and then Boise State's going to be the massive resistance. Will BYU have resistance in a different game that we don't see? Because this happens to a lot of teams. Clemson lost to NC State like two or three years ago. They didn't go into that season or game going, yep, this is the game where the resistance happened. We're going to lose. You never know. Uh, but don't you think that the, the scenario you're talking about possibly playing out, don't you think that there's been opportunities in the first three games for that to happen and they have more than exceeded expectations yeah, with that and yes. not allowing sure. it to happen? Yes, but we're looking ahead. No, that happened. We're look, yeah, we're looking at what might happen in the future. So if BYU doesn't win by 28, there's going to be some level of disappointment. Oh, there's no question. That, is, le- that level has been set yes. in terms of optimism. And whose fault is this? It's BYU football. They're, they're playing too well. <laughs> but there's no such thing. Just play as well as you can, right? It's hard to go undefeated. Ask, uh, I don't know, Gifford Nielsen, Mark Wilson, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Ty Detmer, everybody else besides Robbie Bosco and the 84 team. It's really, really hard to go undefeated. Granted, this schedule is the easiest, best setup for BYU yes. to go undefeated perhaps ever. And yet, in a pandemic, BYU had to rebuild the schedule. It's lended itself to, as you mentioned, seven home games of the 11 scheduled, although there are three road games in the mix now. We'll see about Army. Army doesn't want to play the game. They would have rescheduled it by now. It ain't happening. I don't think Army's going to happen. I, I don't think it's happening at either. At this point. But do, do we believe BYU is going, going to go undefeated? I hope so. I, there's a good chance. I, th- I think it is very probable this team, it's 33% probably, <laughs> this team with this schedule. And again, BYU has no control of the schedule. We know what the schedule looked like. BYU did the best that it possibly could to get games on the schedule. All BYU can do is go out there and perform. And they have performed beautifully. And, and we don't know that BYU won't add more. Yeah, there is still obviously Remember, opportunities to November do that. November 14th. November 28th, December 5th. BYU still has three open weeks. And, uh, you know, BYU could add two games. BYU could add two games. So we'll see. All right. Topic number two. We were talking about Zach Wilson. He obviously getting significant national attention based on his performance so far this year. Most believe that he has worked himself into a mid-round NFL draft pick. However... CBS Sports' Chris Trapasso, as we mentioned a minute ago, put out a mock draft that has Wilson as a first-round selection by, who dat? The New Orleans Saints. Oh, so many layers with that with Taysom. <laughs> Jeremy, is Zach Wilson being projected as a first-round pick too blue goggle-ish? It is right now. It really is. I know that Mel Kuyper did it. Mm-hmm. I know that, uh, you know, Trapasso did it, but... It, it's lofty. He's not going to keep this up. Like, what he's doing is incredible. We're enjoying it. It's amazing. Zach Wilson's not going to set the FBS record in completion percentage at 85% this year. That will come down a little bit, and that's totally fine. And listen, if I'm wrong, then it was, like, the most amazing season we've seen from a quarterback from BYU in a long time, right? 11 total touchdowns in one giveaway. That's crazy. Could he be the next John Beck and be a second-round pick is more realistic to me, maybe even third or fourth. That would be awesome. Listen, BYU hasn't had a drafted quarterback since 06. I thought this was quarterback you. It was in the 80s and 90s, right? Um, Max, John Beck and Max Hall, awesome. Max Hall was undrafted. Taysom Hill, undrafted. It'd be nice to get a guy like Zach Wilson in the draft. In fact, I would take any round for Zach Wilson. But right now it feels like, oh, 
Day two would be a really nice spot. Day one feels like a massive stretch. It depends how many teams need a quarterback as well. It's a good quarterback draft. The number one pick will be a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So I, and let, listen, the, BYU football does not want to hear what I'm about to say. If Zach Wilson and BYU do have this amazing season, one loss, undefeated, and he continues something near what he's doing, he should bounce and leave after this year. He really should. Because next year, BYU plays seven power fives, and Zach will be exposed based on – he won't have a bad year per se. I'm just saying he's playing seven power fives. It's going to be different than playing Troy and La Tech and UTSA and Texas State and so on. So if Zach crushes it, it's like, listen – BYU needs to be at the point where they have guys that are good enough to go early. We've not had a ton of those, so I think the fan base is a little weirded out when a guy goes early. But, but I'm with you if the guy doesn't get into the NFL draft. Like if Bushman bounces but isn't drafted, I'll go, well, I get it. You're a little older, injury, coming back. But like if Matt Bushman comes out and is drafted, it's like, okay, that makes sense. We're good. That validates that decision. But Zach Wilson's been awesome, right? And if he crushes it, hey, bounce like Austin Colley after his junior The iron's hot, strike now. So is it too blue gogglish to think of Zach Wilson right now as a first-round draft pick? Right now, I say yes. And if you're saying it's blue gogglish, it is indeed. Look, he's going to be drafted whenever he decides to enter the NFL draft, whether it's after this season. And I certainly uh, agree with what you're saying, that it would be very difficult if these types of numbers continue and the hype remains what it is to, to pass that up and come back for another year. But I'm not even, I don't even want to think about that right now. we we got more <laughs> games to worry about right now. He's going to be drafted whenever he goes. The first-round mock – this is the outlier right now. Now, maybe as the season goes on, we start to see more and more of these that say first round. But right now, most have him at, at its highest as a third or fourth round pick. Now, you mentioned this is gonna, there are a lot of quarterbacks. The first round, if memory serves, this specific mock draft on CBS Sports, there were, Zach was the sixth quarterback yeah. taken in the first round. So there are a lot of quarterbacks that this specific mock has going in the first round, and Zach was number six out of that. If Zach continues this kind of play, he absolutely can work himself higher. How high? I, I don't know. But these numbers, you cannot ignore the numbers, and not just, not just the the, the touchdowns and the yardage, it's the efficiency yes. in which he's doing all of this and how it looks effortless. So I, whether it's a first round, I don't know. But if he continues this, he will certainly rise up draft boards in the NFL. Now, look how fast things move. And this is how you can tell it's blue goggle. Okay, Saturday, did you think, oh, Zach Wilson is a first rounder? Friday, did, did we think that? No, we, we thought that once Mel Kuyper said it, right? So he's certainly a credible voice in the Absolutely. conversation. Absolutely. Like, absolutely credible. He has Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, Justin Fields of Ohio State, Trey Lance of North Dakota State, who played one game and declared, by the way, because yeah. North Dakota State's playing apparently one game. Kyle Trask is an emerging guy out of Florida who's a top-five team right now. And then Zach Wilson. So it is blue gogglish, but it's exciting because he is on the radar. Now, the problem with getting on the radar this early is he will be picked apart as yeah. the season goes on. Um, it's like Taysom Hill is being picked apart now. Like the, the, the gadget element of Taysom is intriguing, and Taysom and the Saints have struggled to use him effectively so far this season. It's early. They paid him to do stuff, so we're, we're going to see it. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I didn't think, yeah, Zach Wilson's a draft pick for sure. Look, and he, but, here, but here we are because of these two comments. And, and very quickly, here's the other part. 
this is great for BYU football. This attention is fantastic for BYU football. Your starting quarterback being mentioned as a first-round draft pick, there is nothing negative about that. Nothing. Don't ask Eric Mateos, though. Question of the day. In honor of the Mike Pence fly, (laughs) what will you be focused on most in Saturday's BYU game? It was hard not to focus on that last night for two straight minutes, right? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Fun handle here at Scraggles6 on Twitter. (laughs) I will be watching their focus. The boys have been dialed in all year, so you're going to focus on the focus. Can they maintain that focus amidst all the excitement and hype? Ed Lamb had a great comment earlier this week saying it's a new hurdle for us to overcome, which is the attention that BYU is getting. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that's that's why the coaches say what they say in terms of not buying into it because the players can't buy into it. It'd be hilarious if they were like, we're completely bought in. <laughs> yeah. We are going to roll UTSA yeah. this week. We don't have to even try hard. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Everyone outside <laughs> of the team can go nuts with this because this is great for the program. And they might be outside the stadium Saturday. <laughs> Absolutely. Who knows? Coming up, which injured Cougar could have an impact this week? In my conversation with receivers coach Fessy Sataki on BYU's 1,000 yards receiving already in the first three games, this is Zach Wilson slash BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Countdown to kickoff gets you ready as BYU looks to move to 4-0 and on Saturday, hosting the UTSA Roadrunners. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spencer Linton uh, will be there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium getting you ready with countdown to kickoff beginning 2.30 Eastern on BYU TV. We have a bit of breaking news with BYU men's basketball. The schedule is out in the WCC. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. We have the West Coast Conference schedule for men's basketball. Women's hoops yesterday, men's basketball today. Of note, BYU begins conference play on December 31st, hosting Pepperdine on New Year's Eve. You're probably wondering when the St. Mary's and Gonzaga (laughs) games are. Those are the ones that pop, right? January 14th, BYU will host St. Mary's. BYU will host Gonzaga February 6th. And then in February, a tough sled in a 16-day span. BYU will play at St. Mary's on February 11th. At Gonzaga, February 27th, to close out the regular season. So a little different than last year. We had the epic senior night, uh, then finished at Pepperdine. What do you think of those dates? Well, there is some discrepancy on these dates. Because I, I, I'm looking at two dates that have the Gonzagas flipped. Okay. That it has February 6th at Gonzaga. Okay, we'll, cl- we'll and, clear and, that up. And, and, then, and I'm, I'm looking at the release from the WCC as well. And they have at BYU is hosting Gonzaga at the end of the year. So there is a chance that we could have a repeat of the exact same thing. Here's what I love. I love that we that the conference, no matter what, because obviously you're going to play, there's going to be one team that you don't play every. I love that regardless of the situation, BYU is going to have home games and road games against Gonzaga and St. Mary's. That's what I like. It appears that BYU will play Portland, Pepperdine, and San Francisco twice before the first game with Gonzaga, which is an interesting take. As well. Uh, Fun to end the regular season with Gonzaga. BYU ended the home regular season with Gonzaga. But, uh, yeah, SoCal road swing to to open four of the Cougars' first five West Coast Conference games away from home. So they will start 
Um, yeah, I and and like you, I'm seeing a discrepancy in what's coming out. So we will clear that. Yeah, up we need to clear up the Gonzaga games. The Gonzaga games are the point is that BYU is is playing them uh, obviously uh, twice. Uh, we'll identify exactly who BYU is only playing once uh, because in conference uh, you'll play two teams once. And uh, that's a Gonzaga rule that they wanted a couple years ago. Yes. They wanted extra non-conference games, and uh, here they get them. Now, of course, the situation is a little bit different. You will not have 31 regular season games or 29 if you don't play in a multi-team tournament uh, or a multi-team event. But uh, good schedule again, of course. Uh, it is what it is. BYU is going to play in the league and uh, hope, hope to challenge Gonzaga this year for the title. This is my number one takeaway of it all. I love the fact that we just received – scheduled games for BYU basketball. Yes. The, 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 the yes. schedule has been set. I love it. It has been put out, and that all preparations to play a schedule are in place. I love it. We don't have the non-conference schedule. Correct. So uh, I haven't counted this up to see, but I'm assuming there's 16 in there, a full slate, and then that means BYU will what play about nine non-conference games, get to 25. If you play in an MTE, perhaps they're going to allow up to 27. We'll see how many games BYU plays. But the BYU men's basketball schedule for the West Coast Conference is out. Still getting clarification on the Gonzaga dates, seeing two different uh, at or home situations, but we will clear that up up and let you know. Well, the BYU passing game is in a great spot thanks to a skilled group of players and coaches. One of those is receivers coach Fessy Satake, who discusses the strong start for Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, and others in this conversation on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Fessy, I'm sure the plan before the season was, okay, guys, after three games, we want over 1,000 passing yards. That was the plan, right? Of course, man. Just, yeah, whatever passing yards we have. If it was over 1,000, great. But the plan was to be as, as efficient as we can in the passing game. Well, however many yards those equate to was, was to be determined, and it happens to be that. What's been the key for your group, the wide receivers, to be so efficient through three games? Um, I, I think a, a huge part is just their experience and more importantly the experience around them you know I know our offensive line has been getting a lot of um, deserved attention Zach Wilson has Uh, when you have an offense that's clicking there are multiple units there are multiple individuals who are being featured and and who have success and so you know any guys in my group they're you know part of the reason they're having success is just everyone's clicking but they're experienced guys you know the, these guys are the who are having success or that they haven't changed anything about um, their work ethic uh, since they've been here as freshmen um, they just happen to be gelling with everyone else now and have some experience under the be- their belt and I think that's a big reason why you know we're seeing them this type of success after um, you know our first three games and sometimes we think okay a guy's a freshman or sophomore all right they got to bring it now sometimes there are spots that occupy the opportunity right so Micah Simon, Talon Shumway, Levahifa were tremendous last year. Of course, Matt Bushman. Now those three are gone. Matt Bushman has an Achilles tear. And opportunity for Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne and Neil Powell, those are your top three guys. They've done a nice job occupying that space, it seems like. Yeah, that's kind of what it's all about and, and what I try and prep these guys for is you got you to seize these opportunities when they come. Some guys, it happens as, as, as a freshman. You know, Gunnar and Dax, though they weren't starters, they came in as freshmen and they got – they got more reps than most true freshmen do. Um, and they took advantage of those opportunities. And when their time, uh, they knew when their time was called, whenever it was, whether it was the following year or their junior years to, to really step in and take a lot of the load of receptions, they would be ready for it and seize the opportunity. So you're right. I think just a lot of it is staying, being constantly prepared, 
not changing the way you work. And when those opportunities come, you know, you're, 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 you're more than ready for them. Three straight 100-yard games for Gunnar Romney. I mean, I think we thought he would get to the point where he'd be very good, but three straight hundies is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It's something I, w- I wish I would have had in my career, and I'm sure a lot of receivers would have. But um, it's just credit to his hard work, his consistency. It's a credit to all the, the other offensive players around him. You know, Zach staying within the system, the offensive line protecting, our running backs opening up the passing game with how they're running. It's just it's beautiful to see all these things come together together the way it's been orchestrated. And, and Gunner just happens to be a recipient, you know, of, of, of a lot of people's hard work. And uh, his wideout mate, Dax Milne, with one more catch than Gunner in the catch department, 88 yards per game. Um, he's, he's a guy that perhaps was undervalued out of Bingham out of high school, but a guy that maybe was thinking about Weber State with you. And then how did you convince him to walk on at BYU? And now three years later, here he is, one of the top receivers. I just, I just wanted to make sure that he really – knew that I believed in him, that he could come in and, and earn a scholarship. And, you know, he was set to go to Weber. And, and when I made the transition and, and uh, I, I told him he's going to have a great home, he's going to have a great career if he goes there. But I wanted to make it clear. I wasn't going to pull him away from a scholarship. I knew his opportunity. I wasn't going to pull him away if he was just going to come here and just ride the bench. I, I knew the work ethic he had in him. I knew the skill set he had in him. And, you know, he's, he's, he's just a guy. He makes me look good as a coach. You know, guys like him and Gunner. It's just, he comes here, he works, he does what, you know, he's done his whole life and what I knew he would. And so it's, I'm happy to see him having the success he has and, and no one's more deserving than him. We're talking with Fessy Satake, the wide receivers coach here on BYU Sports Nation. Fessy, uh, Neil Paulo back. He's done a nice job. Those top three are, are pretty obvious on this team, but who else is playing well, but maybe isn't catching the ball as much or getting targeted, but still providing good blocks down the field or good routes? Yeah, um, Braden Cosper is a guy who's emerged, um, definitely is a solid rotational guy. Um, Keanu Hill, Chris Jackson, Cody Epps, those are three guys who, you know, has, have had great fall camps but have had little, you know, injuries and dingers along the way that have, have kept them out or bumped them down a little bit. But there's a big group. I have a big group of guys there who are ready at any given time. You know, and last year I rotated a lot more, um, but, but this year – you know, you, we've seen those three guys take the majority of the reps. As long as they stay consistent um, in doing what they're doing, it's kind of something I foresee happening throughout the season. But I know that there's a, a wave of receivers who are constantly competing right behind them, ready to go. At any time, they could play. They could emerge as a, as a heavy rotational guy. Or, you know, we'll see. We take it week by week. But I'm fortunate to have some depth, and we got a lot of special young receivers, um, you know, in the making. From your perspective, what is Zach Wilson doing to be so effective in the pass game to your guys? He's staying within within the offense, within the confines of what he's being taught. And, you know, Coach Roderick, Roderick has done a great job of keeping things simple, um, you know, and, and what Coach Roderick and Coach Grimes are doing within our play calling, I think is it's a beautiful thing, you know, that, that they, they're get, not putting too much on his plate. One thing about Zach, he's his, his IQ, he's as brilliant as a quarterback as you'll find. And uh, sometimes that can work against you and people give you not more than you can handle, but more than they probably should. And uh, Zach can handle anything that you throw at him. But um, I think, I think what he's done is just trust the system. And he's another one. I'm so happy to just see the success he's having because um, he deserves it. UTSA, the next opponent uh, tied for first in the country in interceptions so far. What sticks out about their defense? 
they just got a guy, guys play hard. You know, they, they pursue to the ball. Um, they got a lot of guys who, who just fly around and, um, you know, tr- trust the defensive calls that are being made. Um, and so we're excited. We're excited for the challenge. This is a good team, you know, and, and, and we're looking forward to the opportunity, um, you know, to play against this defense, to play against, against this team. Okay, well, good stuff. We appreciate the time. Have fun uh, Saturday, albeit in an empty stadium. But you guys keep bringing the juice. Cool. Appreciate you, Jeremy. That was receivers coach Fessy Satake and the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. You know why we show how. Those receivers have been tremendous to start this season. It's been awesome. We need to clarify some things. So in the West Coast Conference uh, list, they listed the home team first, which traditionally the home team's listed second. So that's my bad. So let's go over those dates again. 16 games for men's basketball in the conference schedule. December 31st. At Pepperdine, at not Pepperdine, at home. Yep. At Pepperdine, four of five on the road. To start the year, yeah, look at that. Yes, including a trip to St. Mary's on a Thursday and then at San Francisco. That'll be a tough one. That is a tough schedule. That's a tough stretch right there. Then February 6th is at Gonzaga. February 11th is home to St. Mary's, and BYU does finish the regular season against Gonzaga on February 27th. So this is, this is an ideal setup, except for the four of five on the road to start. BYU does finish the regular season four of six at home. Depending on where BYU is able to schedule teams for non-conference, this will be a really, uh, be a really nice gauge of where this Cougar team is, the first five games of conference schedule. Absolutely, and BYU will play, uh, it looks like, about ten games or so, before they, or nine, before they right. get to Gonzaga the first time. The league does a nice job of kind of letting both settle into league before they match up in early February, typically. So uh, the two teams that BYU will play just once are Santa Clara and LMU, and those will come in the third-to-last and second-to-last games of the regular season, February 20th at LMU, house that Hank Gathers built, and then February 25th, Santa Clara at home in the penultimate game of the regular season and at home. So uh, the league has made sure that Gonzaga and St. Mary's and BYU will all match up twice forever and that's what you've got to do you've got to protect your top tier players not not just in terms of their ability to go to the postseason and to somewhat stack the deck to make sure that that's what it's for yes because it's but but also to be able to play each other to help with your strength of schedule right right those will matter in the end and if you look at what this league needs what does the league need it doesn't have football so where does the money come from it's a basket literally comes from gonzaga yep Getting into the tourney and making a run. And obviously, more teams doing that helps. Yes. Nobody got that money last year. March Madness is the single most important tournament to American athletics this year. It really is. There are a lot of universities, I think, and their athletic departments that are depending on the units that come from, or unit, that come from that. I'm talking small school to big school, well, right? They need the March Madness will happen. That, that's, that's why you're hearing all of these conferences talk about all of the other fall sports that you're hoping that can play late winter, early spring, that that's certainly there. But number one goal is to get basketball going because of what happened last yes, year. And most schools don't have football. They right. depend on basketball. Yep. Coming up, a Romney Brothers Deep Blue. And does offensive line coach Eric Mateos want to drink the poison now? What he <laughs> tweeted that is quest- making us question that. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. 
This month, we've got softball and baseball on the BYU TV app. The ladies play on the 17th, 3.30 Eastern. Then the guys playing on the 28th, 8 Eastern, both on the BYU TV app. He is Jason. I'm Jerem, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Time now for the Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jerem, which injured BYU Cougar could potentially return that could potentially return this week uh do you think will have the greatest impact in the game they got james empty tristan mm-hmm. hodge on the o-line uriah leotel on the d-line or sione fino running back i think it's leotel this uh defense has produced 12 sacks in three games that's an amazing number i think he'll help with that sione fino would be the third running back empty obviously a massive part of the offense but joe tukawafa played really yep. well and then Channing Herring moved from right tackle to right guard, and he was awesome. Yeah, Joe Tukawafu at center was really good, but I, I still think it's James Empey. I mean, as the center, there's so much that is relied upon if you're the center, and I just think that he has proven himself for years. We know he's going to be in the NFL. I think having him come back, again, maybe not that they necessarily need it because Tukawafu did a good job, but having him back in that position, I, I think that's the biggest impact. Next week. Not this week. Yeah. Brady Pepega tweeted the following yesterday, quote, let's all chill out on the hype train. BYU football hasn't played an opponent who gives us any idea of how good or average this team is. My assessment, BYU makes some nice plays. Their opponents have had some disastrous plays, giving BYU perceived big plays. Need to see way more. End quote. Is he the new voice of reason? Uh, I, I don't think this is a new take. Uh, you, you're, I, you hear a lot of other people say that, and we've, we've said this to a certain... Look, we're all no, ex- no, no. We're all aboard. No, the but hype we, train, we all we are all aboard the hype train. There it is. But we also still realize that they haven't played anybody yet. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't be excited about it. This, I don't think this is a new take. Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle, right? When someone's like, "Is it this or that?" It's almost always somewhere in the middle. All right, BYU O-line coach Eric Mateos responded to a Pro Football Focus tweet this week that listed the top five power five offensive lines. Mateo noticing BYU wasn't listed and tweeted back, uh, quote, what is ours? So (laughs) does Mateo want to drink the P5 poison now? Yes, Mateo wants to drink the P5 poison. One, BYU's not in a power five, so that's why they weren't listed. But no, the BYU offensive line has been really nice. But listen, all of us, I don't care what... Love languages you speak. Everyone wants words of affirmation. Yes. Uh, look, I loved it. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Look, look when the when the Pac-12 announced their their schedule, I wanted to respond and say, "Where would BYU be in this?" <laughs> like, I love it. I love just having some fun with it. We know how good this offensive line is, and yeah, it could compare to a lot of the top five offensive lines in the Pac-12. Absolutely. After five cancellations or postponements, it looks like Houston's going to play its first <laughs> game of the season tonight against Tulane. How closely are you watching that game? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Um, I'm going to watch other things at the same time, but with it being a BYU opponent and the first time that we're going to get to see them, this is one of the ones before the, the Boise State game was added that we said this is going to be BYU's toughest opponent. Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to watch it, absolutely, and, and see what they actually look like in their first game. Yeah, I, I, rumor has it they've tackled, so I think they'll be better than Navy. Um, excited to see what they bring because this is a game that needs to bolster BYU's schedule. Houston needs to be good. They were 4-8 last year. A bunch of Power 5 guys sat out especially in the secondary. Derek King's now at Miami. Massive game between Miami and Clemson coming up this Saturday. It's a different dude. It's a different setup. Hopefully Houston's way better than 4-8 and eight from last year. All right, while responding to a Twitter question, ESPN's Joe Lenardi says he gives BYU hoops a 60-40 chance of yep. making the NCAA tournament this year. Those odds fair? 
Yeah, um, internally, we know that this potluck of talent is going to yield uh, good results based on the culture that BYU has, and we think this is a talented group. On the outside, look at it, though. Oh, look at BYU. They lost their top three scores. They were all seniors. How are they going to be as good as they were? I don't know that BYU is going to be as good as they were, but it's make the tournament or bust. Yeah, is it fair? Probably. I I still think... It's, I, th- I would expect it to be a little higher than that, but I, I don't think it's outrageous at 60% for a lot of the reasons that, that you mentioned. When you're on the outside looking and you see Line the production resume, that yeah. is gone, I can certainly understand. I, I would expect it to be a little higher, though, closer to 70, I think. Yeah. And let's finish with this based on the release of the men's basketball schedule during the show today in West Coast Conference play. Do you like BYU playing Gonzaga twice in the month of February? Not only do I like it, I love it. Uh, because, look, the whole goal of the season is to be playing your best as you get towards the end of the year. So if that holds true, then, yeah, I want to take on the best team in the conference as we're playing our best basketball. So, yeah, I love it. These are quad one games every time for BYU because Gonzaga is elite. They truly are what Mitch Matthews was not, and I love oh it. Mitch gosh. Matthews was awesome, but he wasn't elite. Gonzaga's fantastic. Why do you stir the pot like that? Oh, did you see my tweet earlier this week about <laughs> Zach Wilson and James yes. Keeps? That's what I yes, do, bro. Someone's got to do it. It's not all scripture reading on this channel. Let's go, baby. I love it. I, by the way, I forgot to this morning. Dang it. <laughs> I love playing uh, Gonzaga twice in February. They, the league has done this for the last yeah. several years. They know that this is going to boost the profile of both, and it's going to be awesome. All right, coming up, what do we know about the Roadrunners? We will find out and know the foe. I love this segment. It's awesome. And from growing up on a chili farm to throwing and catching TD passes, Deep Blue looks at the Romney brothers. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Cougar pregame live gets you ready on the radio for BYU hosting UTSA this Saturday. You can join myself as well as my friends Riley Nelson, Greg Rubel, Mitchell Jurgens. As the Cougars look to move, even though only two of us are in yeah, the graphic. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to get I, you on I still don't know why we've had to crop out Mitchell and myself out of this picture, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, okay, it's not fine because I constantly bring it up. Cougar pregame live begins 1.30 Eastern on Saturday. Yeah, the, the production staff's like, listen, you're going to read this, and you're not even on the picture, and you're <laughs> I, the host look, of it. I know I was there when we took the picture, and Mitchell was there as well. Yet on that, we've been cropped out for some reason. In a world where Jason Shepard is left <laughs> off from the photo, you can still listen as he weeps his way through Cougar pregame live. I'll just say. At 1.30 Eastern, Saturday. On BYU Radio. Yes. I'm just saying, I know what the photo looked like before. <laughs> I know the before, and I certainly now know the after. Well, the audience does not. <laughs> Last season, Baylor and Gunnar Romney became the first brother duo to combine on a passing touchdown. In BYU history, they've been throwing and catching since they were kids. And as this week's Deep Blue tells us, that happened down in Mexico, El Paso, and Arizona, and continues in Provo. This is Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. He still denies it to this day, but he pushed me off my bike, and I broke my arm. That was my first bone that I broke. He pushed me off a wall, you know, landed on a brick. He cut that open pretty good. You know, just tons of little stories like that, that he's always just been, you know, just that that older brother, that sibling rivalry. I like to consider myself as more of on the safe side of things, always planning ahead, always thinking out situations. Gunner's a little more impulsive, heat-of-the-moment kind of guy. He always thinks that I'm boring and lame and stuff. So my name is Cade Romney. I'm Baylor and Gunner and Tate and Remy's dad. 
I'm from Colonial Juarez, Mexico, down the Mormon colonies. I was born down there, uh, raised down there most of my life. Uh, after I got married, moved back down there to go into business with my dad, work with my dad in our farming business. So Gunner and Baylor, I mean, they're, when they were growing little kids, they just ran around all around here. No shirt, no shoes, just kind of running around on four-wheelers and bikes. Helping my dad on the farm sometimes. Really, yeah, just that small-town feel where you have a I mean, small group of friends that you can be friends with just because there's not a lot of kids there. When you do everything together, play sports, you know, mess around, just do your thing with them. Right before high school, my family decided to move to El Paso, Texas. It was a huge adjustment coming from a small farming community in Mexico to going to a big city in the U.S., but I loved it. I, I wanted to do it my whole life. That move really blessed all of our siblings' life, you know. We all were blessed with so many more opportunities, sports-wise, education-wise, just even socially. And I think that helped all of us get out of our comfort zones and really push ourselves to grow. I mean, especially in sports, to, to be able to have that opportunity to play high school football and to get recruited. I mean, I think it's a cool thing that we recruited Gunner. He was a big-time recruit. We had some competition with him, but his desire to be here at BYU and to represent BYU, he's had family members that have been here. And then to have his brother make the decision to walk on here on his mission, to be with his brother, you can see the, the closeness that they have. Yeah, I think since, since Gunner got to BYU, we've been... Uh, working out together and throwing like three, four times a week during the off season. And it's just nice to always have someone to text when you want to get some work in. Or even when you don't want to, you got someone that, that makes you. And that's just kind of how it's always been. He will, under center, wide receiver, bubble screen inside for a touchdown! It's the brother Me and Baylor, we've been throwing passes like that in the backyard since since we could both walk. All the routes that we've run, the hours and hours and hours that we spent working with each other. And I mean, that's what it was for. It just kind of all added up and, and all that hard work paid off. That play was one that several guys had practiced and we were, felt good about just whoever was in the game at that moment doing it. Yeah, it just sort of worked out that way. We give those guys a hard time. We call it buddy ball. You know, Baylor always finds his brother and say, quit playing buddy ball. He likes to likes to throw to his brother, but for good reason. They they do a lot of work together. Yeah. Gunner, for whatever reason, he has some kind of a phobia against uh, saying "I love you," or maybe he really doesn't love us. I, I don't know. You know, I sent him a text the other day when just after the Navy game, saying, "Hey, good game, proud of you, love you," and I sent that both to Baylor and Gunner. Baylor writes back, love you too, Dad. Thanks, appreciate it. Gunner writes back with just a thumbs up by the comment that I made. So it's hard to get some expression out of Gunner sometimes. Baylor will let you know how he feels, and, you know, he doesn't have a problem saying that, but Gunner's a little tougher to squeeze that out of. My last birthday party, uh, we were just over at Gunner's house with some football guys and some of my friends, and... Uh, <laughs> Everyone was saying, I love you, Baylor, I love you, Baylor. And then everybody stopped, said, Gunner, you have to say that you love Baylor right now. 
and we all waited. We all waited. He said, <laughs> after a, a few long, long minutes, he said, I love you, Baylor. And <laughs> I'll never forget that because, you know, it's we don't really show affection and, you know, emotion, feeling towards each other. But deep down, we love each other. We want the best for each other. And, you know, we care about each, how each other are at the end of the day. So, Gunner, I, I love you, man. <laughs> So Bayless, he's just always been such a good role model in my life, just someone that, that's always been there for me and someone that I know is going to be there for me in the future, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what he's going through. And so for that, I just want to say I love you, Baylor. That one didn't even feel weird. Nah, see, <laughs> he's not here, that's why. <laughs> On the Romneys, hilarious, right? Uh, a personal note: I mentioned it. My family grew up in the Mormon colonies. Uh, my mom's side of the family. Mom lived there till she was fourteen. Grandparents there. You saw the Warrest Stake Academy. My great grandpa taught there. So that that was a really personal one for me to see these guys from this small farming community, who yeah they had to move to really get recruited to El Paso, and then eventually uh, for Baylor, and then and then Gunner was in Chandler. But uh, these guys are making plays. It's weird that kids from the Mormon colonies are playing for BYU football. Like, this is two worlds for me colliding, and they've been awesome. Gunner especially this year. Gunner has been fantastic, and I keep going back to before the season started, he said his goal is to be the number one receiver. Boy, has he delivered on that. He has been fantastic. Three straight 100-yard games. I, I don't know that I expected any BYU receiver to have three, period. And he's had three in the first three games. And he is that true down the field receiver stretching the field those deep balls yeah. uh, it's just fantastic he top, has been phenomenal gunner romney's top five in uh, receiving yards and yards per catch in the country which is pretty cool and baylor's been really efficient when he's come in in garbage time as well right now and he's getting a lot of run BYU's so good that baylor romney's getting a ton of run and uh he's he's ready to rock should he be needed so nicely done on deep blue with romney those are always fantastic coming up zach wilson has come a long way more on that in the horizon shout out <laughs> indeed it uh slayed on twitter yesterday <gasps> and know the foe utsa edish this is BYU sports nation under the moonlight or ct sports nation is presented by america first credit union we're here to help BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Yeah, the show also available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. This is one of my favorite segments we have on the show. We call it Know the Foe. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? No, Uh, and you're about to find out. UTSA edition. Let's bring in the producer of BYOSN. They call him the voice, Ben Bagley. And always during the break, we have a coin flip. This time oversaw by our friends from the Acme Security Company. And uh, Jason, you won the coin flip. You get to go first. Can't I defer? I never go. No, first. you chose to receive. Okay. I never go. First. All right. True or false, Jason? The original Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon was titled Fast and Furious. Uh, that is false. That is actually true. In what? Na- in 1949. So the Roadrunner was actually the OG Dom Toretto. Wow, that's impressive. We Plagiarism. love the Fast and the Furious shows. We love them. Movies on this. All right. J- Jerem. My name is Jerem. Hi. Yeah. J-A-J, whatever. Which of the following people did not attend UTSA? Oh, boy. Actor Jeff Goldblum. Former ESPN Sports Nation host Michelle Beadle. Former San Antonio Spur Bruce Bowen, or rapper and McDonald's mogul 
Travis Scott. So you're saying three of the four went to UTSA? Attended UTSA, I yes. know of one. Wow. I know the one that wow. one of them that did. I'll go Jeff Goldblum. Whoa. Correct. Yes. Why did Michelle Jeff Goldblum Gold. make Dude. the show? The Fly. Oh, the nicely tie-in. done. Nicely That's done. like a great Seinfeld episode. It all comes together. Yes. Yeah, nice. but jokes aren't funny if you got to explain them. Uh, Jason, <laughs> what's the name of the UTSA Roadrunner mascot? Is it Beep Beep? Is it Coyotes? Beep Beep. Is it the Armadillos? Or is it actually, is it Beep Beep? Is it Rowdy? Is it Larry? Or is it Ronnie? Okay, so, sorry. I had somebody in my ear. Could not hear the first. Can you give me those choices Can, again? Beep <laughs> Beep. Rowdy, yes. Larry or Ronnie? I wanted to be I Larry, wanted to be Larry so bad. So bad. <laughs> uh, was with Rowdy? I'm gonna go with Rowdy. Oh, yeah. nice. oh, yes, yes, Jeremy, you get this right, you win. <laughs> okay. Which was the ori- original proposed mascot for UTSA? Oh boy. The Roadrunners, the Coyotes, the Armadillos, or the Spurs? I'm guessing Coyotes. It was the Armadillos. Armadillos. It's a tie. Oh, I don't get a chance. It's One soccer. more. It's regular season. There's no overtime. It sucks. You know, it's not it's not a game that needs to be. Okay, that's that is no the foe. Great, great version of it. I love it. Okay, question of the day. In honor of the Mike Pence fly, what will you be focused on (laughs) the most in Saturday's game? Join the show today. Here's the elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. I was there a couple weeks ago. It was great. At commando.carry on Instagram. This is a game BYU should win convincingly. I'd like to see the backups get a lot of playing time and prep for time when a starter needs to needs a break of heaven forbid gets hurt. Yeah, hopefully BYU continues to play well. That is under the microscope in that regard now. It's not just about winning. It's about winning big. Well, and that's, that's why not only are they playing well, but they're destroying fools, and that's getting people's attention. Yes, they are. That's why they're one of the reasons they're getting all the attention they are. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. I'm going to make this real quick with my rise and shout out. I, I don't like to give the Lakers. I was shocked you went to this. I, I don't like to give the Lakers any credit, but I do think it's pretty cool. They have a chance to uh, to wrap up the NBA Finals. They're going to going to change things up. They were not originally going to wear the Black Mamba jerseys, but to honor Kobe, yeah. they're going to wear those jerseys tonight. Uh, I hope they don't win it, but I do think it's cool that they're wearing the uh, the jerseys to honor Kobe. They're four and zero in those. Jerseys, I know they by are. The way. And then uh, shout out to the how it started, how it's going. Uh, thing going around the internet. We posted this from BYU Sports Nation. How it started, um, Zach Wilson with Kyle Whittingham, and how it's going, uh, Zach Wilson with Lenny Sitake. So, yeah, it's, it's going, it's going, going really, quite well. It's going really well, right? Thanks to today's guests, Festus Sitake and The Fly. Yeah, conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, Jason Umchirm. Shout out to Mike Nascimento. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. Goku! Buzz, buzz! <laughs>